morning, Awakened Church. How's everyone doing this morning? Man, I'm so grateful for a worship team that takes time through the week to hear from the Lord. I don't know about you, man. The Lord was ministering to my heart this morning. Uh, how badly do we just need the presence of God? Amen? Yeah, we are sitting here in the presence of God as a family, as a family of believers. And so just believing that as we open the word this morning, the Lord is going to continue to speak to us. Just want to take a minute again to honor fathers in the room. Thank you for your sacrifices. Yeah, it's good to clap. It's good to clap. Actually, let's just put you on the spot. If you're a father, uh, if in the physical or in the spiritual, if you have disciples, if you're committed to disciples, could you actually just stand up? Let's just honor y'all. It's been such a great series that we've been in so far. We actually started this Picture Perfect series on Mother's Day, which was a super special day together, and we're closing on Father's Day. I would say we'll save the best to last, but I don't want to, yeah, I see my wife's face right there. That's not true. That's not true. So uh, we've, got a, we've got a fun Sunday. I'm super excited to, uh, to be bringing the word and got a little surprise for you all this morning. And uh, not only is it Father's Day, uh, but my father's actually here. Uh, my father and my mother are in town from Tampa. And not only is my dad here, but he's actually going to be preaching with me. So I'm going to go ahead and welcome uh, Dr. Doug Lay up to the stage. Now, it's been about a year since you've preached here last. Yes. And uh, last time, I think you set the record for the most time spent, the longest sermon, I think, was it? It's was true. It? Yeah, it's, it's true. true. <laughs> so when, when I gave this idea to Pastor Ryan, I said, what do you think about us preaching this sermon together? Man, his, you could see the stress in his face. You know, you know, Pastor Ryan, one of the things I love about him, and he's punctual, I'm not. Okay, so he keeps me on time. So he bought us this little uh, chess clock timer. <laughs> You're familiar with that to kind of to kind of go back and forth but but hey man we're here to preach we're here to preach <laughs> we're throwing out the clock we got our african brothers and sisters in the front <laughs> there's no such thing as time so uh super honored to have you here dad yeah. thanks and uh, just give us a little bit of vision um well why don't you introduce yourself yeah. and give us a little vision yeah for the so doug lay and my wife paula is here and we are celebrating this year 41 years of marriage and praise the lord and one of the reasons we're here, we have four children, uh, two boys, a girl, and then the youngest. And, and then... I'm a boy. Yeah. You can say that <laughs> too. Right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't do that real well. That was pretty smooth, wasn't it? The legacy I've passed on, right? Here you go. And then my wife is holding our youngest, Josiah's youngest. Uh, Wells is our youngest grandchild of 20. So we have 20 grandchildren. So one of the things we're really good at is teaching our children how to have babies. And so we've mastered that. But uh, that's not today's topic. We're not going to, yeah, yeah, we're not going to do that. But yeah. And then I've also written a book called The Perfect Parent and uh, help us all learn about parenting from the perfect parent who is not us. It's our Heavenly Father. And so, yeah. Why don't you transition? Why don't you open us in a word of prayer and uh, set our hearts before yeah. the Lord? Let's go before our Heavenly Father right now. We too go, do come before you, Father, in the great name of your Son, Jesus, just to thank you. Thank you that you love the world so much that you gave Jesus for us so that we could come to you and have a relationship with you. And so we invite you to just take over right now and lead us and guide us how you want that would bring glory to your name because you are a worthy father, and we love you. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So we're preaching this morning on three keys to living a godly 
legacy. Three keys to leaving a godly legacy. Now, I'm benefited from parents who uh, have lived and modeled the faith so well for me. So you're going to hear a little bit of, of two different perspectives on this idea of legacy here this morning. And we're going to just going to dive in. Uh, I'm ready for, I'm ready to get into the word of God. So we're yeah. just, let's just dive in. Yeah. Uh, so our first point this morning that we want to talk about in the three keys of leaving a godly legacy is that first of all, you must be born again. To leave a godly legacy, you must be born again. Why don't you kick us off in John 3.3? Yeah, so we want to start off, and actually we want to end this series by starting off with that idea. So you can read my book, and you've listened to this series, which was so good. Man, last week's message was like the pinnacle. It's like, really? You really had to preach your greatest sermon ever before I get here? (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Ryan, for leaving. But it was so good, and you're learning the techniques. But what we want to do is put it, wrap all these things you've been learning in the overall picture. Because if you don't start with the spiritual, all the little things you're doing are going to be good. But you know what? They're not going to be great. See, we're talking about legacy, and we want to leave a legacy, but, and you're going to leave a legacy, and this isn't just for parents, this is for everybody. So this sermon isn't just for parents. You're all leaders. You're leading something. You're influencing people. What kind of influence are you going to have? What kind of legacy are you going to leave? Some of you, we could teach you how to leave bad legacies, you know. In fact, parenting, if you want to grow up, have horrible kids, sleeping on your couch until they're 45, playing video games, we can help you do that. <laughs> I've, got, I've got ways to teach you that, but you probably, that would be a bad legacy. But then many of us, we want to, we don't think about it, but actually what we want is a good legacy. You know, our kids look good, they get into the right schools, they get the right jobs, and and that's good. It's better than being on your couch playing video games, right? But that's not a great legacy. What a great legacy is, is your children grow up. The people you're influencing at work and still move on to make a difference for the kingdom of God. That's a great legacy, and that's what we want to talk about. And it starts off with being born again. Now, you hear this term being born again, but it comes out of John 3, 3. Jesus, when he was talking to Nicodemus, said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See, legacy starts when your life is changed. There cannot be a great legacy until you begin with you. And that means becoming born again, becoming a new person. See, we were all born messed up. I like to say that a lot. You're messed up. You were all messed up when you were born. The Bible says the big theological word sin, right? Kids, that's what you use at Starbucks, right? Like, hey, have you sinned lately? Nah, you know, you don't say that. But you say, hey, man, that dude messed up. He messed up, didn't he? Big time, yeah. In church, we call that sin. But you say at Starbucks, messed up. See, we all messed up. But when you become born again, God forgives that and makes you a new creation, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you think I'm weird, now you know where I get it, okay? <laughs> this will explain a lot. So. <laughs> we're, all, we're all a little messed up, yeah. So John 3.3 3 is such a good one. But um, I want to turn our attention really quick to John 1, chapter 12. John 1 is actually probably one of my favorite chapters in, in the Gospels. Um, but I want to focus in a little bit on, 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 on verse 12, and it reads this. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. He gave the right to become children of God. Now, the New Testament, it's filled with all this family type of language, right? Fathers and mothers, right? It talks about uh, being born again, terms like adoption. It talks a lot about children, 
right? So this term born again, it's exactly like you said. It's not about you know, re-entering the room and being born again. It's, it's literally like wrapping your mind around the concept that you have completely died to yourself and choosing to follow Jesus, that you have completely died to yourself and then you've become adopted. And here's the important theological thing to, 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 to flush out a little bit is that we, sometimes we live under this concept of like, well, we're all just children of God and that's not true. God created everybody. God created everybody, but it's only the ones who have gone through this process of being born again that have inherited this title of sons and daughters. And I don't know about you, but my, my, I know about you. <laughs> Our hearts burn. They burn, and that's why we evangelize, and that's why we disciple, because we want to see people brought into the family of God. Yeah, yeah, we want to right. see them living under that new title as son and daughter. And why? Why is this so important? Because what we have found is so many people don't know who they are. But when you become born again, you get an identity. And you start to know who you are. You're a son or daughter of the living God. That's what Josiah was saying there about receiving. Become children of God. And I love children. Obviously, I love children. But, you know, he's a little older. Now I got the grandkids. And my wife noticed yesterday, little Judah, his son, my little grandson, came up to me before we were leaving. And he just came up and he just, he wanted to hug Poppy before I left. That's how kids are. They know who they are and they, want, they have their identity with their parents or their grandparents, little kids, and that's why they always want to go hug dad, right? Because they know who they are. That's why one of my, I mean, I just connected with Gideon right from the beginning. Like, like he's like a spiritual, so we love Gideon, right? Yeah. You know how African we are, you can tell. <laughs> but you know what he has? He has a spirit of a son of God. Yeah. Because he doesn't, he can worship, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm not African. <laughs> I just showed that, right? But you know what? He didn't care what you thought. He cared about what his father thought. That's how children are. You know what worship is? It's just little children tell daddy how great he is. Yeah. Little kids love to brag about dad. My dad can beat up your dad. <laughs> well, you never said that to any of your friends. I know that. <laughs> but it's like we love to brag about daddy, papa, abba, father. That's what worship is. So that's why, yeah, boy, my son has a, yeah. You have a rough ministry, I get it. But worship ministry's rough. When you're out there leading worship, and we watch guys especially, because guys, you know, we got to be cool. we got to be cool, man. Oh, I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to show any emotion. Why? Aren't you happy? You know who you are, and you know who your papa is. Because, you know, the legacy is, he didn't get, I didn't pass on a great legacy from my earthly father, because my dad was messed up. He left and abandoned the family, and I grew up without a dad, basically. But that's not my legacy, and that's not his legacy. We have a heavenly father, and that's why if you see us try to imitate Gideon, <laughs> that's why. Yeah, that, that word actually in, uh, in, in, in John 1.12, it's, uh, it's tekna. And what it means is actually, it's, it's a really endearing term. It means God's little ones. When we go through that process of being born again, we're just God's little ones. We're just the little ones. I look at my, my youngest son up there, just four weeks old, and just, just resting, just resting. And identity, it changes everything. It really does. Pastor Ryan's preached on it so well through this series. But we, we've got to be in the practice of remembering who we are in Christ. Now, I don't know if you've been to like a networking event recently. Anybody like been to show up for like a work networking event and you get like one of those little tags, right? They show up and uh, I think we got like a little... There we go. Hello, my name is, right? And, and, and how many of us like, don't really know all the time what to write? 
maybe we can write our names, but who are we really? Who are we really? And so we're all about making the spiritual practical here at Awaken. One of our first little takeaways under this point of being born again and, and developing and leaving a legacy is to remind yourself who you are. And I want to encourage you, order, these, order a pack of those off Amazon. A couple bucks, you'll get them by tomorrow. Sit with your family this week. Speak your identities to each other. Maybe your kids haven't gotten to the place of putting their faith in Jesus yet. It's a great opportunity as a father or a mother to remind yourself and remind your kids, hey, this is who I am in Christ, to evangelize, to preach the gospel to them. Maybe you don't have kids, and that's great. We, we were just talking about this week. I think singles sometimes have it hardest in the church because we love singles, man. And there's a lot of people who are called to be single, and we just want to encourage you. If that's your calling, man, live it out well. Order a pack of these name tags. Invite a friend out. Do the exercise together. Speak your identity in Christ to one another. Yeah, just start. My name is a child of God. My name is a forgiven person. My, my name is a person who has hope. All these declarations that you can say over yourself because now you are a child, a son or daughter of the living God. Yeah. And singles, just remember, you don't have to change poopy diapers too. So that's another <laughs> thing. To forget his grandparents getting around those grandkids. So. I had to say one thing for my son to say, Dad, why did you say that? So that's Well, you said about life. three so far, so that's, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just want to have fun and let you get to listen in. So, but, that, but we're serious. Legacy starts with being born again. Now, the second point is there are a lot of people who are born again. They know they're a child of God, but just something seems off in the legacy that they're leaving. They're, and what it is is they're trying to do the parenting or they're trying to do their leading at work in their own power. And that can only take you so far. It may take you to become a good parent. I know a lot of good parents, but they're not great parents. They're only good. You know, their kids are maybe getting into Harvard, but they may not be getting into heaven. Oof. They may get admissions into Princeton, but not paradise. Mm. Now, I was going to say something about A&M, but I didn't want all the longhorns to, you know. So <laughs> no, anyways, no, you did, no, 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 no. <laughs> too close to home. Paul, you got to mix up. Stay back to Florida. Stay back to Florida. Okay, yeah. But... But the second point is, you need to be spirit-filled. You need not only be born again, but you need to be spirit-filled because without the Holy Spirit, you can't do it. And let, can I just go on? Let me just, just right here. Because I'd love to do this test in church. This is a fun little test. Hopefully you can get this right, or we'll have to have a talk with Pastor Ryan afterwards. But when Jesus, after his resurrection, he gathered his disciples, and he said, listen, guys, I want you to stay in Jerusalem. Don't leave until you receive something. I'm going to go to heaven, and you're going to receive something, so don't leave. So, of course, what were they going to receive? Everybody says the Holy Spirit. Technically, that's not right. Because look what Acts 1.8 says. Jesus says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Luke 24.49, Jesus says, but stay in, stay in the city until you are clothed with power power from on high. See, Jesus emphasized power with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, we love to talk about the Holy Spirit because we didn't for the longest time in our family. And this was part of the legacy. You know, we kind of grew up in that fundamentalist, you know, holy, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. Oh, and there's that Holy Spirit, but let's just stay away because, you know, let's just listen to this. We talk, this is one of the things I'm passing on. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. And they make the Holy Spirit appear weird. Now, God's unusual, and let's face that. I mean, if God has a man swallowed by a fish, that's weird. <laughs> it's 
So God does some weirder things, but we make him weird. So when I talk about the Holy Spirit, we're not asking you to do anything crazy. What we're doing is asking you, are you living in power of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, this is, this is key. This is key. Yeah. I mean, th this really is because you have your salvation moment, but then you have your, your feeling of the Holy Spirit moment in your faith. And, and, and this is so important. I came across a study this week, and uh, it, it was a study by the, um, by the Williams Group Wealth Consultancy. And they say oftentimes uh, uh, wealth, uh, sorry, let me get this right, less than 10% of family wealth survives to the third generation. So less than 10% of family wealth survives to the third generation. So that means that what started in the first generation is oftentimes lost by the third. Now we talk about the spiritual legacy. You are a first generation Christian. You came to salvation. I'm a second generation yeah. Christian. We're the kind of, we're, we can be the ones that kind of mess things up. <laughs> We get a little bit lazy, yeah. right? Because, because ultimately it comes down to personal choice. I can't ride his coattails into heaven. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. I had to come to my own salvation moment of actually being born again, which I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But then we had to come to kind of the, 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 the filling of the Holy Spirit moment to actually live in power, to live a transformed life, yeah. right? And we talk about, man, we, we inherited some really bad sin patterns yeah. from your father. I mean, I mean yeah. sexual immorality, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We could, the list is yeah. long. Yeah. And we, we needed the Holy Spirit to actually be transformed, to start to have victory in our lives from generation to generation. Yeah. And you can already tell, some of you might be, that's kind of awkward. Yeah, we talk about things. We're very open. I don't want to hide lies from my family's generation and past that are being passed on if we don't stop them through the Holy Spirit. And so just being very honest with your children because everybody's messed up in some sense. Don't sit out there acting all pretty. You know there's things that are passed on to you that you want to see broken in your family. And you have the power to do that through the Holy Spirit. No, I love to teach theology. That's one of the things that I love. I did not get any worship ability. I can't carry a tune in a box. You know, so he got all his musical ability from his mother. What the father did was sit and practice, sit and practice, sit and practice, <laughs> right? But I love the theology. So let me tell you about this. You receive the Holy Spirit when you become born again. Let's get our theology right. There's, you don't become born again without the Holy Spirit come upon you. But so many people don't live within the power of the Holy Spirit. We love to argue about the Holy Spirit, don't we? You know, we get in one camp and, you know, like, do you speak in tongues or those kind of things? You get in another camp and, you know, like, well, you're not one of those guys who, like, get excited and worship and raise your hand. We just want to fight about the Holy Spirit. Don't. Don't do that. He's supposed to bring unity with us. The key, the question just simply is, do you have power in your life? Yeah. Do you have power? And what do we mean by this? Well, let me read a verse that just, like, it was like a family, like, you know, I don't know about your family, but we go, you know. <laughs> Listen to Acts 10.38. Peter's preaching, and he says, and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Right there should make you think, Jesus. I mean, he's the son of God. He could do anything. No, Jesus did not do things until he was anointed at his baptism with the Holy Spirit yeah, wow. and with power. And what did this power do? He went about doing good. So now you can start living a new life of good fruit instead of bad fruit. You can break addictions and start living in life of bearing good things in life. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. 
See, with the power of the Holy Spirit, you get saved and it's about your family. But when you get filled with your Holy Spirit, your family then starts to break chains that are holding them back. And it's starting to be empower your family so your family can now go out and minister to others and set other captives free. And that's what our family, we really, it, it changed us. Yeah. Yeah. We were kind of the holy huddle little, you know, the, it's all about us. But then... Yeah. I actually wonder, can you share a little bit about maybe kind of your, your come to terms moment with the Lord? And then I can share a little bit maybe about our family's kind of journey with that. Well, yeah. So where the legacy started, you know, again, I come from a broken home, messed up. I got messed up with this girl and praise God, he offers forgiveness. And on July 7th, 1980, my stepfather, my mom got remarried and this man came into my life and started saying, God loves you. There's a father in heaven who loves you. And I'm like, nobody loves me. My dad didn't even love me. He left me. And he, my stepfather kept saying, no, God loves you. And one day, your heart's going to get broken, and you're going to realize how much he loves you. And on July 7th, 1980, I became born again and realized God did love me. And two months later, that girl I was messed up with, August 31st, 1980, she became born again. If you didn't get put two and two together, that's my wife now. Not just talking about some random girl. But that was a legacy. But then what happened with that is, and we were good parents. We were good, but what helped us go to great was on July, I mean, in 1986, I was living, anybody here can relate to this? I was kind of like one foot in the world, one foot in the church. You know, I go to the club once in a while, but then, you know, I'd go to church once in a while. And I just, and I had an Air Force captain come into my office and say, Sergeant Lay, yes, sir. I hear you're a Christian. Yes, sir. Why aren't you living like one? Well, but he was willing to call out hypocrisy, start living like a Christian. And ever since that moment, that became the beginning of the power of living holiness. And that changed us and changed the way we parent, that we wanted to parent our children not to just look good, but to be holy before their Father in heaven and teaching them obedience, not so that we can look good and say, look how good my kid is, because that's, that's a temptation of us parents, right? Don't you love to brag when your kids are doing well? Oh, did you hear my kid got in trouble and had to have a detention to yesterday? I'm so happy for that. You brag about those moments, but he's learning through those. The Lord in his grace and mercy then over the next few decades, we, we, we really took us on a, on, a, on a season of discipline. I would say as a family teaching us obedience. My parents pastored a small church in Ohio. We went through a season of, of, of that in ministry, uh, which... Had its ups and downs for sure, and then you know a little bit of my, my story if you've been coming to Awaken for a while, where uh, in 2000, uh, we as a family, the six of us, we packed two suitcases each, and we moved to the Middle East, and we went on a, on a missionary journey for about the next decade. You were there a little bit longer, and I spent about 10 years in the Middle East, and, uh, and, and, and learning obedience to the Lord, but, but really, I'd say where we, we kind of have this, we, we started to use this term, kind of the, the, the lay family uh, awakening, and in 2012, uh, something really special happened. Um, as we're learning obedience, and as we're walking in obedience to the Lord over those years, uh, my one brother, Josh, who is just a phenomenal dude, he's one of my best friends, uh, he was in the military, he's been serving our country for about I get 19 years, right? Yep. <clears throat> 19 years, and at this point he was in uh, recon, and if you know anything about the military, it's, it's a pretty hard environment Marine to follow Corps. Jesus. Yeah, Marine Corps. What I was I Air Force, so it's different. Marine Corps. I'm gonna, did Corps. I say Army? No, uh, no, he'll no, beat no, me, no, He'll beat yeah. me up if I did. Yeah, he would come find you. Marine <laughs> Corps, you know, yeah, so... 
uh, it's, it's just really interesting, you know. So, so in 2012, his, his life's kind of fallen apart, and he just had this moment where the Holy Spirit, I mean, just, just literally just grabbed Josh's heart. And, uh, and, and what happened was that it started to shake the foundations of our family. And, 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 and person by person, I remember, we remember, you remember those early phone oh, yeah. calls yeah. where he's calling us up and we're like, what I happened think my to son Josh? just became a fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a little bit like, ooh, he's starting to use some terms and some phrases. I'm like, what, what, what happened? But, but it actually ushered us into a, really a season of revival, I would mm-hmm. say, as a family where we started to encounter the Holy Spirit in a really intimate way, in a really special way. And you know, parents, it's so easy to learn from your kids, right? You love when your kids challenge you. And it was a great humbling moment for me of like, whoa, I need to listen and see what the Lord has for us and as a family and embrace this instead of just like, no, do what I say. No, do what the Lord says and let's all grow in Him. Yeah, and so here's, here's the cool thing about faithfulness, about making Jesus the prized possession and following Him, submitting to Him, is that out of that season... Actually, my then very early stage girlfriend uh, comes from a Catholic background in that, and she, she had a born-again experience that yeah. summer, just a few months after we had started dating, as this kind of revival was happening in the family. And so I think that's key. I think yeah. that's actually key to highlight, because again, we can talk about these kind of Christian terms, and we can start mm-hmm. to kind of make it about us, yeah. right? We can kind of make it about these power trips of like, woohoo, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah. but it's about the legacy, yeah. It's about obedience and building a legacy that lasts generation to generation. Yeah. And so what we saw in our family start to, to, to change us, to take us to the, we don't want to say next level, but we're going to say next level, okay, <laughs> is that we saw with this power that we are to minister to one another. We're not to just to get together and, you know, have family times where we just play games and then argue who won, right? Because I'm the best at Catan in our family. But that's a... It's a <laughs> And that's where the fight begins. Our, yeah, yeah, no, no, but it's about how do we minister to one another? How do we encourage one another? How do we push one another to more loving good deeds, as Hebrews says? And that's what the power of the Holy Spirit does. So my question is, not only are, are you born again, but the second question is, do you have power in your life? Yeah. And if not, why not? Because it's available. In Luke 10, Jesus says, Our Father gives good gifts to His children, and He'll give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Do you have power in your life? Yeah, Yeah, so we talk about these these three keys of leaving a godly legacy, born again, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I think that's a perfect transition to that third one, is that you must speak testimony to your children. You must speak testimony to your children to your children. There's a couple of scriptures that I want to jump into here. Psalm 78 verse 4. It reads this. It says, we will not hide them from their children, but tell to them, tell, tell, but sorry, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. Psalm 145 verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And so you mentioned it earlier, we're, we're a pretty open family. Because let me tell you, when you're open and honest, when you start to share the testimony of what the Lord has done, what happens is actually the power of shame is broken. We were just, we were just together in the, office, in the church office this morning praying, and I confess sin to you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I confess, we, we confess sin to one another. Who, well, how many fathers and sons can say they, they can do that? But we're brothers in Christ, Mm-hmm. Remember, sons yeah. and daughters, we're brothers in Christ. Amen. 
He cares for my heart. I care for his heart. There's a change in, a little bit of a change in dynamic there when you start mm-hmm. to see things through the spiritual lens. And so we don't hide. And we speak the testimony to each other. You know, I've, I've heard your testimony my whole life. Yeah. And it always still encourages me. Yeah. It's not like, oh, man, I've, I've, heard, I've heard of July 7th. You know, I can, I can tell you, the, I can tell you the, the date and the time and, you know, <laughs> probably more details than you even know about your own testimony. <laughs> but there's power in your words. There's yeah. power in your words to remind generations. And guess what? Now my kids, my kids get to hear the testimony of this man being saved. The legacy that he set for me. And my kids are going to see, man, if I'm a hypocrite, if I'm rising to the occasion to live the standard that you set, right? Yeah, that, that's it. So, actually, let's have some fun. Let me put you on the spot. Every day of his life was devoted. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, yeah it's inscribed in, in your Bible that all my brothers and sisters were fighting over when you die. <laughs> but uh, it's inscribed in there. Every day, was devoted for living for, every day of his life was devoted for living for God's glory, the radical Christian life. Okay, that was totally unscripted. He didn't know I was going to do that. That's my life statement. I wrote that years ago. I, that's what I want my life to be about. And I want my kids to know what my life is to be about. And I, to give you a visual where this comes from, listen, Josiah read those passages, but I love Joshua, how Joshua gives us a visual of it. After Joshua led the children of Israel through the Jordan, he turns around and says to the people, he said to the children of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Because when they passed through the Jordan River, he told them to make a pile of stones as a memorial. And when these children ask, what are these stones here for? Then you shall say to your children, you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. And we call those, and you'll hear those in the scriptures, called stones of remembrance. And so we have stones of remembrance in our family. Like, I want my life statement, I want my legacy to know what I'm about to be passed on to them. So I taught them, this is what daddy is about. Because I'm about my daddy, and I want you to know what I'm about. Do, do your children know what you're about? Do your employees know what you're about? Do your friends know what you're about? Are you passing on a legacy because they know who you are, because you know who you are, a child of God? I think we've already started to, to actually, probably very subtly, during our MC moment, what we did was we brought up all the youth, right? And we started praying over them. And isn't that legacy modeled in the church so well? Yes. Of saying, man, this isn't about just like us, right? And the adults and, and your life group or this and that. It's about encouraging the next generation, about passing, passing the faith on, stirring others toward good work. Because this is the family of God. Yeah. We talk so much about earthly families. And can I do a shameless... This is bad, I know. But my wife and I have a podcast called The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. Okay, it's free. I'm not selling anything. Somebody says like, wow, you're promoting your podcast. It's free. You don't have to listen to it. You know, I'm not asking for money. But actually, we're going to come out in a few weeks with a, 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 literally a podcast on don't make a family an idol. Because I said, oh, I can't serve in church. I got to be with my family. Oh, I can't minister. I, I got to be with my family. Oh, don't make family an idol. You have two families. You have your earthly family, but the Bible's very clear. The church is the family of God. We are brothers and sisters. You read the scriptures all the time. Like he said, he's my earthly son, but he's my spiritual brother. I got a spiritual son sitting in the front row. Pastor Ryan is a spiritual son now in my family. I've adopted you. I don't know if you're going to accept it or not. But, anyway. <laughs> but we also are brothers in, in the Lord in combat, fighting against the evil one. 
to help set captives free. That's the church. Yeah. Again, I think making this practical, I want to encourage you, another opportunity, right, to put this speaking testimony into practice in your families. We just invite you, would you maybe carve out a night this week or maybe when your kids get back from summer camp, maybe they'll have their own testimony they want to share. Maybe plan a dinner for when they come back if you've got a youth and, 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 and ask them what's going on. Tell me. What's the testimony from this week? But, but maybe for the rest of us, is there some opportunity that we can carve out a night this week and sit with your kids around the dinner table? Turn off your phones, turn off the distractions, sit at the table and share your testimony. Share where you've been. Share what the Lord's saved you from. You know what? Exactly what Pastor Ryan preached last week. Model grace to your children. Share what you're struggling with. One of the best things that I think I do as a parent, and I'm, I'm learning a lot in this season, but I, I confess my sins to my kids. <laughs> You know, I'll let him see. Man, dad's, dad's struggling with anger today, you know? And, and, and here's actually what the root is, what the Lord is showing me is why I'm angry. But I don't want to be a harsh dad. Hey, will you forgive me, son? Help me, help me be better. And having those conversations. And, and as parents, when your children confess things to you, I mean, sometimes Josiah said things to me, I'm like, Ooh, maybe you want to talk to a priest. I don't, you know, I, I just, I'm not no, that bad, no, man. No, no, all my kids, you know, joke. No, but we have that. We listen. Yeah, I don't. Hey, I love P. I love to say this with people with teenage kids. Okay, anybody got teenagers in here? Hey, just be careful. You know, your your teenage child may do something not very bright. You know why? Because when you were a teenager, you did something not very bright. Okay, it's just part of the growing experience. Okay, now that doesn't give you any teens excuse to go do something not bright. But you know, one of the last things we want to end with is I want Josiah to just share this because there is a large disconnect sometimes with first-generation Christians and second-generation Christians. See, Paul and I come from both non-Christian backgrounds and grew up in Christian homes. So when we became born again, man, it was so dramatic. You know, like, oh, man, I remember I started reading the Bible. Like, wow, Paul wrote some of the letters of the New Testament. Whoa, who's Paul anyways? I, you, know, you know, and poor Josiah grows up like, you know, two years old. You know, you want your bottle, say John 3.16, you know, you know, that kind of thing. You know, I mean... So you second generations, it's always fun. When do you become born again? Was it when, because we hear these testimonies all the time. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, uh, first of all, I think coming to terms with being grateful for the legacy that you're given. Because, you know, one of the things I think I'm learning as a, as a parent of younger children is that you, you're prone to mess up as a parent. You know, and how much grace that I need as a parent and how much grace I need to extend, you know, to my parents of whatever good or bad or whatever. But, you know, the, the one thing is we've had a lot of conversations over the years of like, hey, why did you do that? And a lot of parenting conversations. Yeah. I am so grateful for parents who, I, I mean, I can say without any hesitation, Jesus is the prized possession. Amen. Jesus is prized possession. And, and you chased Jesus with everything that you had. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I loved in the faith that you modeled was there was no compromise. You set the standard and you called me to that standard while giving me the grace to be able to go out and to make some mistakes. And I did. I made some mistakes. You guys have heard my testimony here preach, even though I've been to some dark places in my life. But that was that grace, that grace that drew me back. I knew that you would never stop praying for me. But also, you weren't going to waste time, you know. <laughs> you, you, let, you let me wander a little bit. You let me wander and you gave me that leash. And so I think it's important, one, you know, in that second generation of saying, man, he's, he's had the radical conversion. He's had the story. He's, you know, the, the craziness. And it sometimes feels like a little bit of like a lost identity of like, what about me? 
Like, do I have to go out and like sin and make a lot of mistakes to be able to like have that same faith? And I think first, and that's my, that's my point, it comes with gratitude of saying that thank you for this legacy that I've inherited. I was baptized at eight years old. I've known the Lord since a young age. And more importantly, he's known me. And I've had that instilled and ingrained in me. And you set me up for success that even though I had some rough teenage years, that by the time I got to my 20s, man, I was primed and ready to experience the power of the Holy Spirit because of that foundation, because of that foundation. And so I don't know if that answered your question. No, but. no that's good. So because you have to make it your own identity as a second. Yeah. You can't, you're not going to get into heaven because mom and dad were Christians. And so the greatest thing my grandkids can receive from Josiah is his testimony and story. Yeah, Poppy's great, but look what my dad told me. Yeah. Poppy's pretty great, though. <laughs> I'm going to invite the worship team back up as we, as we wrap up. And I, I think this is actually a really good question, first and foremost. Like, what's, what's the legacy of Awakened Church? What's the legacy of Awakened Church? Are you kind of, you know, somebody, somebody just pointed out this week, we were having a conversation, and they, they told me the 80-20 um, the, the principle. Has anyone ever heard of that? Usually in, in organizations, there's about 20% uh, uh, of people doing about 80% of the work. 20% of people doing 80% of the work. And I just got to ask, like, are you riding the coattails of others' faith? Are you showing up to Sundays, maybe checking the spiritual box, maybe even showing up to life group, like, okay, like, I'm hearing that, but, like, but, but you're not really in it. But you're not really in it. You're not really sold out to Jesus. And like you said, kind of one foot in, one foot out. What's your legacy? What's going to be this church's legacy? Are we a church that is all in for Jesus? So we're going to worship, we're going to disciple, we're going to show up no matter the call, no matter the cost. Or are we going to be about maybe entertainment? Awaken Church because it's not like so many churches are becoming, and I hate to say it, but it's true. I travel around the world, I see 